Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? This is Eric Prisipi here for Faster Human, and today we have a special guest, and very excited about this、uh, episode. So today we have Temple Stewart from Temple Dot Dietitian.、Uh, we meet up actually through Instagram. It's very interesting. How you doing, now, Temple? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Very excited about this、um, uh, Temple, and、um, today, today, today's May, the brand new month, fresh. Um, very excited about this month、uh, because not only is、uh, May, but it's the month awareness, mental awareness month. I don't know if you know about that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so,、um, uh, well, we are from Florida. You're in what area of Florida you are from? I'm in the Clearwater, near Clearwater Beach. Oh my God! In the yeah, and so yeah, that's nice. So, um, so Temple, um. We basically、um, it's an open mic, and we are able to talk about a lot of things in regards of nutrition and diets. And、uh, I'm a big believer that everybody goes through their own pace in regards when it comes down to nutrition and be able to understand what best is for everyone. What would you recommend to anyone who's brand new? And tell us a little bit about your journey in regards of you know how you became a dietitian yourself. Yeah. So the first thing I would recommend to anybody that's、uh, new to fasting or whatever it may be, ketogenic diet, whatever,、um, is just to really be very mindful about your own needs and kind of where your body is.、Um, without knowing that, it's kind of hard to figure out what exactly works for you. So I think that's always、um, kind of the first step into this journey is really being more aware of kind of what's happening、um, with you personally. Um, and yeah, so I became a dietitian four years ago.、Um, I was a soccer player in college, and I just had a huge passion for、um, health and wellness, and that kind of led me into、um, the interest in nutrition. So I started taking a couple college classes, and I really just fell in love with it. So I've been practicing、um, as a private practice dietitian, but I also、um, worked in the VA hospital. So I saw a lot of veterans、um, in that patient population for a good amount of time.、Uh, so it was through that and through you know soccer and some of my own health journey that kind of led me to become really really passionate about food and its kind of interactions in our body. Well, definitely it does make a huge difference when it comes down to the food intake.、Um, I personally can tell you that you know myself I was I struggle in my twenties a lot with. In regards of you know putting care, what was the best, and you know exercising like a maniac and doing things like that, for example, and just kind of destroying everything on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we kind of sort of got in that pattern. I, I well, that was in my twenties, and kind of sort of my more and more mindful in my thirties in regards of you know gaining weight and so on and so forth.、Um, as far as you know nutrition, how much do you think has changed? I mean, I see so many different type of. Varieties of nutrition intake and diets, per se. But what has worked for you personally, and for others that are, you know, they're reaching out to you? What makes now much more difference than before? Yeah, so that's a great question because it changes daily. It's very fun profession to be in because there's always new research, there's always new evidence, there's always new. 
things coming out. So it makes it a very um, good profession to be in if you like to continually stay up to date on science. Um, but it's come a long way. I mean, I can remember 10 years ago when everybody was so scared of fat, right? Remember when mm -hmm. the news media and everything made fat like this horrible thing, you can't eat it, it's gonna, you know, give you a heart attack. And, you know, instead they promoted sugar. So if you just think about where we were then to where we are now, um, and we're starting to, I feel like we're starting to kind of uh, wake up in terms of nutrition. I feel like um, conventional medicine is starting to um, realize that, okay, maybe we should have paid more attention to this in med school. And maybe we should have uh, had more classes in this. And maybe that we should be applying this more in our practices. So I see that daily and, and it makes me so happy because I think that that part um, nutrition, I mean, has been left out of conventional medicine practices for a long time. Yeah, and I, I'm true. hoping, um, I'm hoping that it, that, you know, through people like yourself and like me, that it, it really does start to kind of open people's eyes. Well, yeah, you know, and, and, and I can tell you this much because I remember when I was, you know, 220 pounds back then and in my thirties, I was like about 34 years old. My main concern, obviously, you know, trying to figure out what was the best, you know, overall for me. But at the same time, you know, there was the misconception in, in regards of what is good for you at the end of the day is basically, you know, kind of sort of restraining from much of the stuff that are, you know, processed. And, and everyone, you know, has their own take in regards of, you know, what is good for them. Me, personally, I think that when, when it comes down to food intake and now utilizing fasting with protocols and, you know, I'm making sure that you have you, you good amount of, of protein and you good amount of fats and less of carbs has become much more an easy take compared to what it used to be before because before I was eating five to six meals per day. Right. You know, so we were told that, hey, if you eat five to six meals per day, you're going to be fantastic. It worked out for some for some particular time frame, but in, in the overall, I was going against, it's almost like I was going on a treadmill and I couldn't stop. You know, kind of sort of like, I was losing the weight, but gaining the weight. Losing the weight, gaining the weight. Right, yeah. You know, and I, I think uh, a lot of people still in kind of sort of that roller coaster. Um, do you see that a, a lot in your, your practice? Tons. Yeah, that is one of the, I hate to call it a nutrition myth, but it really is. It, it really is that whole like, oh, you've got to keep your, you know, these five to six small meals per day to keep your metabolism burning. And that's how you're going to lose weight. And, you know, that is not really correct for a lot of people. And yeah, like you said, it works for some, um, but some it's, it's really not a good strategy, especially people that are maybe struggling with a little bit of insulin resistance or have some um, issues there, pre-diabetic, et cetera, that can really, really kind of fuel the flame. And so for some people, um, it's really, really not a good strategy. So yeah, I see it a lot. And unfortunately, it's something that's preached often um, in the medical community, as well as, you know, some nutritionists and whatever else will still say that you still have to eat six meals per day. But um, really, I have found uh, that that can be really devastating to some people. And, 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 it, and it did. I mean, I was, um, you know, just like as, 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 as I listen and I do this podcast, I had listened to different podcasts way in 2017, 16, 15. I was listening to a different podcast where we were talking about, you know, um, insulin resistance and, and leaky gut and um, the connection between your uh, gut health with, with your brain. 
has a lot to do with with that particular system. It's, a lot of people think that your stomach is just on one part of your body, but it's not connected to anything else. And but in reality, it's connected to your whole body and overall. Um, right. And what I, what I think that when it comes down to food intake, and me personally, I think it's all about just be patient, know that you're gonna have food, and at the end of the day, what definitely is fulfilling for you and you feel good about yourself, not feeling, you know, completely, um, sort of say like, a, sort of like, a, it's like, listen, you cannot have this food, but yeah, at the end of the day, you're going to be ashamed about it and not feeling ashamed because, you know, a lot of people say, oh my God, I just eat a cheeseburger. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't be feel bad about it. You think you're, you should enjoy the food. And at the end of the day, hey, move on. Tomorrow's a new day. I mean, or you right. had a cheesecake, or you had a chocolate cake, or you had this. Look, at the end of the day, you had it. Move on. I think a lot. Right. Do you see that a lot of your of your clients that that they, they feel like, oh my god, I just I just had a cheesecake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do, and and really, um, that is, you know, that's kind of the first step into distorted food relationship is that guilt and that shame that comes with, you know, what we would say, quote unquote, messing up. And, yeah. you know, I think that's ingrained to our culture as well is a lot of times people classify foods as good and bad, but I really like to think of them as like helpful and unhelpful. Right. So yeah. first, you know, good and bad kind of can swing a negative con- connotation on it. But yeah, I see a lot of people and what tends to happen there is people will have a, you know, a slip. Uh, whether it's chocolate cake or cheesecake um, or whatever it may be. And then they tend to think in their head, oh, well, I've messed up once. I might as well eat what I want for the rest of the day. And then that day turns into a couple days and then the couple days turns into a week. And before you know it, you're so far off what you've been doing that that's kind of become your new norm. And that's what I see happens, you know, most often versus people having that uh you know food and getting over it like you said and just jumping back on the the wagon that makes them feel the best and so that's kind of the one of the biggest things i see uh working with clients well uh, 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 do you have your clients on a intermediate fasting or fasting regimen per se it's kind of sort of like uh um are they working the way there or they go cold turkey on particular um you know kind of sort of protocol on the intermediate fasting or fasting Uh, yeah, so I do have clients on intermittent fasting uh, and different protocols, whether it's 16-8 or every other day or, you know, 2-5, whatever you want to have it. Um, now, some people I will say are not ready for intermittent fasting. Like if anybody is is struggling or they have history of an eating disorder or, you know, any type of disordered food that I think is a little too severe, I don't start with fasting because yeah. a lot of times it can make it worse yeah. um so with with them it's a little different but yes i've used inner i've used fasting regimens with diabetics i've used it with people with hypertension and all kinds of uh different things that's going on and i've had i've had a ton of success with it and i will say fasting is a bit out of um the conventional medical community there's not a lot of uh it locally now you look at great uh, i think brilliant minds like jason fung and yeah. some others like that and they're absolutely winning with the intermittent fasting uh game in their their clinics but i think we still have a ways to go before it gets pulled into like your local hospital or your local outpatient setting yeah and that, and that's one of the things that i notice a lot is that they're still kind of on the same sort of um sort of they have it they haven't updated their information as far as what is available now as far as 
you know, the new data, what is, you know, how is intermittent fasting and fasting is helping out, you know, patients and stuff like that. And I think you're right. right. You know, there's some people that can just jump in into intermediate fasting and fasting because I noticed that when people ask me questions in regards to that, when I say, look, you know, you got to go on your own pace, maybe skip breakfast for, for now and see how you feel and, and so on and so forth because everybody's different, obviously. And, and when I tell somebody, you have to do a little bit of homework. Do you see that, that your patients are kind of like, hey, if I read this book or I read, listen to this particular video that is that, that does help them now, that they feel helpful in regards of uh, giving a little bit of homework for them to do? Yes, for sure. And obviously you have to read your audience. So I've had some patients that have come to me and they've wanted to be helped, but they're not willing to put in the work. Yeah. So those, those I'm not going to assign homework to until they give me a little bit more, um, I guess would, would motivation be the right word? Uh, or they indicate to me that they're ready for it. Yeah. So some people like that, uh, no, I don't give homework to, but a lot of my veterans, especially, um, and clients that I've had are eager and they're really looking to me for like, okay, what resources do you use and what do you trust? And I want to read that too, or I want to get involved in that too. I want to listen to that podcast as well. So a lot of people are really, um, eager to do their, to do their homework. They just have a hard time shifting through all of the nutrition information that is out there. Cause you know, there's tons yeah. in every category. Yeah. No, it mainly because it obviously, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot of information. Trust me. I was like one of the person was like, Oh my God, I don't want to, you know, it's like, it's sort of like I, if I skip breakfast, I'm going to lose muscle mass. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, that was my first thing. You know, I was like, kind of sort of like, if, because I was adjusted to the same pattern again and again. I was like eating breakfast, a snack, lunch, snack, dinner, and another snack, green case. Uh, but that was my pattern. That was like, and sort of like in my mindset, if I didn't eat breakfast, I was going to lose muscle mass and I was going to destroy my whole pattern. Oh, that was my mindset back then until I, um, you know, you just mentioned Dr. Jason Funk, for example, right? Um, I got to listen to a podcast with Dr. Jason Funk talking about leaky gut and the consequences of your digestion and how is it that you're putting your body into um you know a spiking insulin to your body by eating you know those five to six meals per day and so uh, a lot of starts a lot of stuff starts starts making sense to me because you know as a trainer and as an instructor my one of the things i used to preach was like hey breakfast is the most important meal of the day right right and so and so that was the the, the main for me was a slap in the face because in my in my mind was i was doing the right thing for for my clients obviously you know people that were used to come to my classes and people used to come in it was like hey uh you know i thought that was the perfect thing for them to do but at the end of the day i found out that people were like hey man i don't feel like eating breakfast you know so uh, yeah it, it contradicted a lot of stuff of the belief that i had it before compared to what i'm you know listening to science and um you know, they're, they're reading books and, and so on and so forth. Now, question to you is, is as far as, you know, um, what do you implement the most? Is it's is more in a vegan lifestyle, kind of sort of kind of approaching that kind of sort of, or is it a combination of a lot of things? No, I um, I am very pro-meat. Um, and it's funny that you asked that because my husband, when we first got married, um, we, I, I wasn't doing it intentionally, but I just enjoyed salads a lot. And so we got married and he kind of took on that. And I wasn't eating a lot of meat at that time. And um, 
it's funny, but he had a lot of issues and, and I didn't see it, but like, it was really kind of hurting some of his hormones. And so long story short, I kind of realized, wow, this isn't really balanced. I kind of really need to get this back and back to order. So long, you know, he came back and, and his hormones are great now, but I really am pro meat. And I, and I think for a lot of different reasons. So I am pretty much meat and veggies type. I do some fruits here and there when I feel like I need them or if I'm gonna go on a long run. Um, but that's, you know, here and there, not not frequently. So, you know, that it's funny that you asked that because a lot of times people assume being a dietitian that I'm uh, vegan and it's funny because <laughs> it's just not, not even, not close to that. So well, yeah. I do love vegetables, you know, and I eat a lot of them. But that's a, that's a, that's a great, that's a, one of the best things that I, I always recommend, you know, definitely want to eat vegetables and the approach of the, the meat part of it, um, because I have seen a lot of approaches in regards of uh, documentaries, in regards of uh, you know the what happens to your gut health if if you stop eating meat. And right. There's a lot of variations in regards in, in the studies it's been done. Because I'm, I'm a big meat eater myself, um, but I think that 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 all overall, I think that we have meat uh, messing up with not only with mother nature. And in regards of um, the consumption of meat is, is is the highest here in the United States. You know, that's yeah. one thing that's for sure. But now more than ever, I'm more concerned as to how the animal is treated, how the animal right. is given the, their food. Um, because I've seen a lot of companies that they say, oh, this is a, you know, 100% grass-fed meat and um just give an example, you know, I go to the store and say, well, this is grass-fed meat, then how do I know that it was grass-fed meat? How do I True. know that this this cow was, like, injected so many hormones and I'm about to ingest all this stuff? And one of the companies that, not necessarily that I'm trying to promote this, but um, they say, well, we have butcher box, for example, right? Right, yeah. And do I, how do I know that this is dead? Well, they have a website, they show pictures and stuff like that, but then it comes to a point where that's the question for a lot of people that don't know about this because that you know when you go to the supermarket you buy chicken and you buy meat and so on so forth how does your approach for yourself for example when you go for actually looking for good quality meat yeah great question so well give you a little background my father was a rancher for years and years and years and moved a ton of cattle and I, my mom's side of the family, we live out in the country and we always hunted. So we always had fresh deer. We had venison and hog and, um, like I said, fresh beef that uh, I knew exactly where that that was coming from and, and how those animals were being treated. Um, but you're right. We've come so far from that. And it is difficult to find, um, you know, certain places that carry good quality meat as well as. Um, good sustainable methods of agriculture, and we know that the animals are treated well. So I I am a am a fan of ButcherBox as well, um, and I just do my research. You know, if there's a company that I'm that I see in the store come up, I will either do a quick fact check, do a quick you know Google yeah. search. Um, I'm the I'm the same way as most of the consumers, and there's so much change as well. I'll say that, um, and and I do want to mention that a lot of food companies and and even you know butchers and uh meat products 
will do whatever they can to get you to buy their product, yeah. right? So they will slap a label on there that's just absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like I've seen gluten-free chicken. <laughs> you know, like what is that? So there is a lot of things that you, it really is difficult nowadays to be a smart consumer. So I'm like you. I, I like to try to buy grass-fed and finished. Um, I do recommend to people that if they are consuming, uh, you know, a regular amount of meat but they feed a family to buy a cow yeah. you know it's it sounds wild but if you have a deep freezer you can freeze that and you can there's a, you know a farm in ocala that is grass-fed and finished and you can get a um a whole cow yeah. from them. um so you know it's it's difficult i'll i'll say that for me yeah as well. you know one of the things that you know obviously not only that you're smart concern for yourself but obviously for your children and and for parents that are like I was concerned what's the best for the for for the quality of or the money you pay for quality meat you know obviously right. um you know there's so much out there and kind of like a little confusing when when people go to a supermarket and hopefully that you're 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 getting that great quality of food because at the end of the day we as consumers and we as people that we are we are we are going to be able to try to of, of make sure that that's what that's what we're getting out of it because you know the same thing with right. fruits and vegetables um you know as far as you know most of the fruits some of fruits come from different other countries and they're going through a process right. to maintain it you know what it looks like fresh but it's necessarily like you know um do you see um customers that, that that you that you take care of them and they say well listen i have a question on particular particular um you know, product that, you know, necessarily that the seed itself is struggling on that part too, because I know if you and I struggle in a sort of that way, I'm pretty sure that quite a few of your clients do go through. Yeah, absolutely. I see, I would say about 50% of the questions I get asked are like, you know, what, where do you go grocery shop? How do you pick out this? How do you pick out that? And meat is usually high up on the list. Um, so I, and like I said earlier about the food companies, a lot of them don't make it yeah. easy, right? Um, so it is, it is a struggle. And I think a lot of the times because the nature of, you know, they're trying to sell a product, it ends up con confusing the consumer more than it, than it is, uh, help helping them. And I think a lot of it comes down to reading the label as well. You know, if I don't, if I'm not sure of a product, I always make sure I look at the ingredients. I see which, you know, what is the first ingredient because that's going to take up the most of that product. And so I'm very, I try to be as diligent as possible in there, but it is, it is difficult. And I, and you know, it's, I think the only way to get around some of that stuff is with new regulations and new laws coming out with, with better, um, you know, the, someone watching over the production yeah. of these things and making sure that a lot of this stuff is, you know, what it says. Yeah. It and, and that's, and, and one of the things that I, that I personally think that is having those companies making accountable tours, you know, that quality. And, you know, I think exactly. the consumer will go far, a little bit farther down to be able to spend a little bit more money in regards to quality and, you know, how is the, everything that comes into the stores you know because uh, what happens is right. the mentality is oh the cheaper the better well no it's not that way i don't think so you know no <laughs> you know? not at all and, yeah and that's one of the things that i i always tell you know family members and said you know just because it's cheaper doesn't mean it's good you know uh, right so one of the things we are well like i said before earlier as we are in the month of may and is um Mental health, mental, mental health awareness month. And so, um, 
that you see and and regards of clients and, and, and people that come to you that notice a huge difference on the mental health by changing all that nutrition intake better than what they used to do before? Oh, 100%. And you know that a lot of people don't know this, but most of the serotonin, which is a basically a happy hormone, is actually produced in the gut. So a lot of times people think, oh, you know, my, something's wrong with my brain. You know, I'm, I'm anxious, I'm depressed, I have all these mental health issues. Uh, you know, and the first thing, you know, it's, it's serotonin. People think serotonin. It Serotonin is produced yeah. in the gut. And so I cannot tell you the importance of nutrition on mental health. And this is very near and dear to my heart because I worked with the veteran population. And most people know that the veterans population are more at risk for mental health issues as well as mm -hmm, suicide. Yeah. So that is, that is always my first, uh, my first approach to helping someone with a mental health issue is you, we have got to look at what you're eating because there is, there is such a thing as brain inflammation. Absolutely. And that kind of stuff can really wear and tear. So when you take out um, those inflammatory foods and the things that could be causing some of those issues and you add in stuff that the brain loves and that's healing to the body, you can really change somebody's whole aspect uh, in the mental health world. I, I, I really am passionate about this because I really think people struggle um, and it's unnecessary. I think there's a lot of people out there that if they would just improve their, yeah. what they eat, and get rid of some of the inflammatory foods that they consume, their mental health would, would be um, yeah, I think much so better. I, I think that, um, you know, if you let's look at, for example, type 2 diabetes, for example, you know, then when somebody is, 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 is having a type 2 diabetes already, you know, going through that process and getting medication, uh, I feel like that. I feel like that they're pushing so much of these medications more than ever to just for the person to be hooked into it, you know? So I, I, I don't know if you've seen that, but I see my perspective is in regards of that they push so much of these medications to be much more useful for the patient and not even thinking about nutrition or thinking about, hey, you need to change your diet. Oh, I see it all the time, especially in the clinical setting. It, it amazed me how many patients I had that came to me with, with, you know, flaring type two diabetes with the conversations of having toes amputated and blood sugars in the 400, 500s who had never spoken to anyone about nutrition and had no idea the foods that impacted their blood sugar levels. I mean, it was shocking. It really was. And, you know, they're on insulin, they're on metformin, yeah. they're on all Victoza, all these different, um, you know, type two diabetes, oral agents and injectables. And not one person had taken the time to explain to them, hey, we, you might not need all this if you, you know, cut some of the carbs. So, you know, I see that a lot and it, and it really is painful because you, you'll have people injecting themselves day yeah. at every meal and, and all they have to do is, is lessen the carbohydrates and implement some other strategies and they wouldn't even need insulin. So, yeah, I see it a lot. I see it a lot, and it and it it's not a it's not a good situation um, well, for a yeah. lot of people. And, and out there. one of the things that 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 I think that um, when I explain to a lot of people in regards of a you know definitely the change of what you put into your body is going to be tremendous if you follow a protocol and you follow a way that you feel very comfortable. I think that the levels of stress that people get, especially people that actually work in a custom basis and you're stressing out for in a daily basis. This is how I felt because I felt that I was stressing out every single day, waking up every morning to stress out why, what I'm going to eat instead of wait a little longer and 
and maybe later to find out what's the best time because we we are constantly stressing and then you're stressing your body from the inside out so right I, I just can't imagine how many people go through this process every single day and you said it right i mean they inject you know taking a pill at the end of the day that just now make any difference and you know for what i see um do you feel that the, the these pharmaceuticals and they just i'm there to make money and not really care about the patient and you know i mean i i know what that's what i was, was asking do you feel that then i just not really then there's not a willing to help the patient in a different way because obviously they don't see that they're not gonna make money <laughs> you know? right yeah no, I think some of your big pharma, absolutely. Now, break it down to the individual pharmacist level, not necessarily. I have tons of pharmacist friends who I know are doing their dead level best to help their patients. But I think I think big pharma would absolutely love to sell you, uh, you know, insulin to treat your type 2 diabetes before they tell you about nutrition. Right. So I, there's a disconnect there because I, I know a ton of good, great pharmacists who would send their patients to me immediately and they know, okay, before we put you on metformin, you're yeah. going to go see Temple. And, and those are the people changing the world. But I think that the, that the big pharma push to treat everything with a pill versus lifestyle change. And this goes not only with nutrition, but you mentioned stress. You know, if people did like five simple things, eat well, sleep good, move their body, and not stress that's four but if they did those four things they may not need you know a quarter of the medications yeah. that they're on it's absolutely true and 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 think about it i think that that everyone who is um struggling with, with weight issues and you know and in dealing with and dealing with kind of stuff like this in a daily basis it's just about changes and i and and i'm glad i'm asking you this because you know i'm not a nutritionist myself i'm just a person who who happens to you know go through this journey and, and and meet awesome people that actually care for others and and i think that you know not hearing for me but hearing from somebody else makes a huge difference because at the end of the day my goal is to be able you know someone who is listening to this is be able to say hey, you know what I do definitely need to connect with somebody who can help me out. I need to connect with somebody who's going to be able to, you know, um, just make my life much more easier. Um, I'm a big fan of Dr. Sinclair. Uh, no, PhD, Dr. Sinclair. Uh, and um, I don't know if you um, listen yeah. to the benefits. There's some benefits of McFarman, and I know you're talking about, and I don't want to get off the topic in, um, in regards of, um, you know, um, diets and nutrition but i want to talk to you a little bit about aging um they're considering considering that aging is more like a disease not necessarily a thing a pattern of what we're supposed to age um would you agree with that i mean as far as aging do you feel that aging is more like a disease just like a type 2 diabetes high blood pressure Well, so yes and no. So I absolutely think that everyone has a time and a place on this earth and they will eventually come to, you know, the clock's over. But I do think absolutely that people can can really affect the way their quality of life is as they get older and how quickly they age. 
So, and you know, I think that people's lifestyle decisions, I think what people eat, I think how people sleep, I think all of that plays a role in it. And especially fasting. I mean, we could go on a whole nother <laughs> rant about the, the benefits of fasting with anti-aging and kind of, you know, the growth hormone and other things that fasting um, can trigger, but yeah, absolutely. So I, yeah, you know, I'm obviously think that people eventually die, but I think that the quality of life, you know, I always tell people, you know, I want to live till I'm a hundred, but I want to live till I'm a hundred still being able to enjoy life and walk and move and, you know, and have a good quality of life. I don't want to live to a hundred. Uh, and you know and what? And I agree with you with that. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what, because when I was <laughs> listening to the books and, you know, I'm a big, 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 um, audible guy because i'm i can't read i would tell you you put my book in there i will not read it probably i, I look at the page and then if i don't listen to the book i pretty much you know that's it you know and i'm i'm a big big fan of audibles but um one of the things that when i listen to the research that they do and the, the information that's being given is because everything that that we are going uh, as individuals is basically a lot of very simple stuff and 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 I wish I knew this was on my twenties because I I went through myself I went through kind of sort of like um, depression trying to figure out who I was and trying to figure out what I, was, I need to do for my life and so on and so forth. But do you see that that and indeed you mentioned this before that because God help and that implements so much in what is going on to your mindset. Um, and and a lot of you clients and patients and people that you talk to do you notice that is is it a lot to do with gut health more than anything oh tons yeah i would say gut health um is is one of the top things we should be researching researching and i hope we are and um yes it can do i mean it can influence almost every aspect of the body right it can influence the mind it can influence the digestive tract it can influence inflammation and joint pain and all kinds of stuff um it can really have an impact on on all different areas of your life and yes so i think that gut health is huge and you know we've only scratched the surface with what we're learning about, you know, the bacteria in our gut and kind of how it's our second brain. And, you know, I, I think that, um, people really need to take gut health seriously. So that's a great question. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're only scratching the surface, but I hope, um, that as this conversation moves forward, people are becoming more and more aware of, Hey, I really what are we need to make sure right that that's now, in balance. Which is, um, virus that we're going through and we are in a lockdown ourselves um, at home um, and what I we're looking at the the news right now right we are getting bombarded with so much of it, the the fact that it's all about the COVID-19 virus but what they're not talking about is the other issues that a part of a lot of people who has passed away with this virus is that there were so many other implications besides just the virus itself yeah obesity hypertension those are the ones that are passing away from COVID-19 and that's yeah. not what's all over the news which is frustrating you know it's especially for people like you and I because like that is that you know that's a pretty good indicator that you know you need to get something moving if if you're really truly concerned about the coronavirus and you you are obese that may be your mm -hmm. first line of okay how am i going to get healthier because you're right you if you look at the statistics uh, obesity and like i said hypertension um are going kind of yes. hand in hand and, with and the coronavirus the deaths. kind of frustrating for for a person who listens to the news which 
I kind of sort of stopped listening to the news because, you know, at the end of the day, hey, well, we, we're seeing yeah. the numbers rising. And um, but, you know, there's a lot of more things besides the coronavirus because, you know, that you're talking about people that have, you know, type 2 diabetes, have blood pressure or they had a, you know, previously had, had a heart attack and so on and so forth. I mean, um, they're not talking about that. They're not. They're just basically saying, "Well, you just died right. of coronavirus." And but, and but, I think that there is much right. more of the implication because we talk about prevention, and we, you know, and I and I talk about it here in my podcast many times. Guys, preventing you getting um, these kind of problems in the long term because shortcuts are easy to do, and. But when we're talking about long term, what are you looking for? Obviously, losing weight, you know, longevity. You want to feel better about yourself because I can tell you this much. Uh, I'm turning 44 and I can, I tell you, I'm, out, I'm in my 20s, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and, I, yeah. and I can tell you, yeah, that's awesome. anyone out there who's, who, who, who's thinking about, you know, making those changes, you got to look at it as everything starts from somewhere. If your immune system is so low and it is not at the best right now, it just basically is about your nutrition intake. I think more than ever. And um, yeah. when I was, I was in shock because, you know, when I was going through the training program for becoming a trainer and the books is still talking about it, that's the whole idea of the nutrition intake and the pyramid that is um, available to everyone out there is not correct because I think that because because I, I think no. that the, the, <laughs> the whole uh, you know grains and carbs to for somebody to implement in a, in a nutrition intake or lifestyle it just is so backwards and I think is it just it, 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 it was so it does. Up, it's not updated you know it's like you're right. You're right. And you know, you said something and it kind of just sparked my, what up, my thought process. It, and you know, immunity starts in the gut. I mean, that's, that is your, that is your best mm. defense system that you have. So when you, when you have an unhealthy gut and, and you've got stuff leaking in your bloodstream and there's inflammation brewing, yes, you are prime candidate to get a virus like this. Um, you know, so I think that you made a very good uh, point when you said it starts with nutrition, um, because really that's that's one of the one of the things can, that yeah. can do di- great damage in the gut. You know, when um, I first came into so, this country, so very my good first point. thing, my mother, you know what my mother did? My mother took me to uh, eat, go eat some fried chicken. And I was like, wait a second, this is the best thing you're going to bring me. I came to this, I was in, I was probably 16 years old when I came into this country. My mother said, I'm going to bring take you to a awesome place you're gonna have a real american food <laughs> and, I was, and i was like this is this is the best thing you can actually do but i you know was i was 16 years old. i didn't know anything about it but uh you know but uh, you know i remember back in the days and yeah but it wasn't so bad like it used to be i mean i'm talking about when i was 1992 it wasn't so crazy but i was not so concerned so much about health that i am now in my 40s um i lost so much change and i think that we as individuals and you know, as we share on social media and we, we constantly, um, what is your favorite place? I want to talk about what will be that, that you say, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to eat this dish, whether it's mom's food or anybody's food, but I, you know, you love it. What do you, what would you say will be your best spot to go? And I said, you know what? I'm just going all for it. So like, if you want to, if I wanted to get 
you know, real, really there, I would probably go to Arby's and have the Arby's like curly Q fries. And that's, I think it's because I had that as a child and I kind of relate that to to family time. We used to go to Arby's and get the, um, you know, the curly, like the seasoned curly fries. And that, I don't know why that's what I think. You know, and you know, and and I'll tell you this much, um, I'm a big, big Burger King guy. And I know, (laughs) and not for nothing, I was like, we had an argument, me and my wife were like, you think uh, McDonald's is the best, best fries? No, I think Burger King has the best fries because I used to work at a Burger King one, you know, long, long time ago. But, I, uh, you know, and the re- reason why I talk about, you know, talking about no matter what kind of food you eat, at the end of the day, you kind of satisfy that need of being able to have that one thing that it's just necessarily it's not bad. It's just, I think it's just the overall thing of you liking it because it brings you memories and you just enjoy it for the day, you know, so... I'm a big cheesecake guy, yep. and I, I, I talk about this in my um, previous podcast, and you know, all about the chocolate cake. No matter what, trying to do it with somebody, trying to do it with somebody who is next to you, and they're gonna enjoy it with you. They're gonna like trying to shame you for it. <laughs> so I was gonna tell you, um, right, right, the best restaurant. Which one's the restaurant that you go and say this is my spot? Oh, that's a good one. So in St. Pete and in Tampa, there is a restaurant called Fresh Kitchens. And basically, it's like a Chipotle, but they have like different kinds of food. So they'll have like balsamic roasted mushrooms and they'll have different types of chicken. But it's the same style where you like pick your base, you pick a couple veggies, you pick your protein. But what they they get Mm -hmm. me with is they have these incredible sauces that you can add. So they have like a, a sweet ginger and like a... Um, creamy balsamic sriracha coconut so they have these sauces and that is like my favorite restaurant to go with my husband we go there on you know date night all the time so it's not a chain but it is incredible so if you're ever in the St. Pete or Tampa area <laughs> have you have to check Tampa. out oh Fresh God, Kitchen um, I would tell you this much you know one of the things I love about <laughs> going to spots that are completely different than the regular you know franchise is that is it just a so it's also about just being that that they just not in compliance with you know what is specific to what they're supposed to be serving. But I think that trying something new, something different, I think it's really good when when you go to different spots. And for me, it was uh, Burger Express, but that's where my mother used to take me before when I first came to this country. And that that's my spot right there. And back in New Jersey, Carteret, New Jersey, it's like a spot that I will go no matter what, and I will have that. Um, uh, I think it's a uh, deep fried cheese, uh, cheese, chicken. I think it's a chicken, fried chicken with cheese. Oh my god, it's delicious! I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> something so bad, but it's something. Yeah, sounds good. Um, what was I gonna tell you? What would you do now that you <laughs> wish you didn't do before? <laughs> oh wow! So, like if I could change, yeah. you mean if I could change habits from the, the from the past. I would one tell myself that there's no need to stress as much as I and in college, especially as a college athlete, there was a lot of pressure and there was a lot of sleepless nights and there was a lot of just uh, stress. And I know that it it didn't help me in the long run. Um, And I would have also changed my eating habits earlier. So I did not eat well. And I, you know, drank in college and did some stuff that I, um, you know, shouldn't have done. And, and, so those are kind of the things that I would have changed because a lo- I carried a little bit of that into um, 
you know, adulthood. And I, and it took me a while to figure out like, Hey, these are not benefiting me. These are really not, you know, moving me towards my goals. They're really holding me back. So, you know, those, those types of things yeah, are things I would have, uh, would have definitely One of the things changed. about making those choices are like, the tough is like, hmm, should I, should I not? But at the end of the day, you did it. And I, well, you look back and I was like, right. oh, geez, I, I wish, you know, one of the things I, I have regrets and one of the biggest regrets I had, one time we went out drinking with my buddies in, in back in New Jersey. And I think it was like two o'clock in the, two o'clock in the morning. And we decided, hey, what about White Castle? We need to go east and White Castle. And I will tell you something. I went, I enjoyed those <laughs> those babies. And plus, I, one of my friends was so drunk, he couldn't even get out from, from, from the car. And we bought it for him. But then I decided to eat his, his part of his share of the White Castle package. And I wish I didn't do it. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, that, that's, but one of the things <laughs> that's that a I bad one. <laughs> when we talk about when when it comes down to food intake and and we talk about you know the benefits of be able to uh, uh, kind of sort of put away some of the stuff for some time for me particularly i don't know about you but do you think standard fasting has something that you have uh, looking forward to practice or something that you want might now something that is not there in your take right now Oh, so extended fasting, I think, is incredibly beneficial for some people. So my husband and I, um, we we we've extended fasted multiple times, um, you know, five days, six days. Um, and we, the, it's difficult. I'm not going to lie to you. It, it is one of the hardest things I've ever done, but it's one of the most rewarding as well. Um, and to the benefits to that, you, I mean, you basically completely reset your immune system yes. after 72 hours of like water fasting. You know, um, which is incredible. And especially for people, you know, there's research on people going through chemotherapy that if fast before they get chemotherapy, it's more effective yeah. in killing cancer cells and they're less likely to get sick. So there's a lot of really cool stuff on extended fasting that I think is beneficial. And it's really good as well. And I'll tell you this on a personal note. Um, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease uh, about three years ago. It yeah. was that basically stemmed from leaky gut. And yeah. it was through not eating well, it was through stress, it was through some other things. And the first thing I did was fast because fasting is one of the healthiest things you can do to let your gut yes. take yes. over and let your gut get rid of, you know, dead and unhealthy cells and, re you know, really regenerate and, and be healthy. And that was one of the first things I did is I did a 72 hour fast. And yeah. um, do I think it's for everyone? No, just because I think some people, one, can't yeah. handle it and two, it can be stressful. I mean, it was not necessarily yeah. a pleasant situation the whole time. So. And I had done 92 hour fasting. And, and one of the things that is all about that mental clarity that I enjoyed the most, that I feel that you, you're tapping into a different level of mindset uh, and, and kind of sort of touch that in regards to something spiritual. I'm not trying to get religious in here, but something is spiritual about doing so. I don't know if you haven't noticed, noticed that. Um, yeah. And, and I think that whether it's 72 hours, 92 hours, four days, five days, that taps something about it. Did you notice that? Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, my husband is now a pastor, so there is something absolutely very spiritual about it. And, you know, some of the best conversations I've had with, you know, God and 
is when I am fasting. And you're right, there is a whole nother level of um, mental clarity and uh, productivity that comes with fasting. And, you know, you're in that ketogenic state, whether you want to be or not with fasting, the, the, those extended periods. And so there is, it's, it's a whole nother level and it's hard for people to understand if they've never done it. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a spiritual component and, and some of the, the best, I, I want to say conversations, but some of the best moments that right. I've had and in the I presence think of God have been of in a fasting state. That I can tell you this much that when I did the 72 to 92, the 92 hours, it wasn't that necessarily that I was hunger and that was not hunger per se. But then you start feeling a little bit of, you know, you know, sort of kind of like, you know, it's time for me to eat. Um, I can tell you this much that I noticed that I was much more open to continue, but at the same time, it, it felt so good uh, knowing that I had this sort of like, not just only the clear mindset, but it, just sort of like um, something about it that it just it's an extension of myself to be able to kind of like reach out for more and 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 so it's like and it's, it's very spiritual yeah. it's, it's, it's very it's very touching and I'm, I'm glad that I'm asking you this question because I know a lot of people that haven't get there yet they're gonna find themselves kind of sort of in that sort of way and and I think it's um, so helpful I, I you know I'm I'm fasting right now, so, so and and I think that um, it, it yeah. helps you discover yourself a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, I I agree. I think that I think that it can definitely so um, um, be beneficial in you're, that you're, in that area you're of the of here of Florida, Matthew. I'm not actually. I'm a native of Mississippi. I grew so born and raised in the country in, in Mississippi. Say, you you have um, family has you know um, they have uh, cattle and you have uh, you know cows and chickens and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's so much easier, I guess, living that way, but not necessarily in a in a sort of sense that because I used to live that way back in Peru, and in Peru we have chickens and dogs and pigs. And living in a kind of sort of environment kind of sort of yeah. like, uh, made me so grateful and thankful about the stuff I have now. Um, that makes you feel now more than ever now that you know, you're a dietitian, nutritionist, and know that, you know, that you have gone through that when you were growing up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that it makes me grateful for what I have now, but it also uh, reminds me to, you know, enjoy the simpler things. And, and when I was uh, a kid and, and was, you know, kind of lived that lifestyle, it was a lot slower than it is here, you know, and, and this is, this is what I consider a city. Clearwater is a, you know, a city. A lot of people are like, oh no, that's not considered a, you know, a city. Um, but that is absolutely a city to me. So I really, um, having that background and growing up in that, uh, environment, I've really, uh, in a way missed the simplicity of it and the slowness of it. I think this quarantine has really brought me back to more of where I was when I lived kind of a slower lifestyle, just because there's nothing to do really, yeah. if, you know, and there's not a rush. You can tell that the rush has really calmed and, um, but yeah, I, I am thankful for what I learned. I really feel like if, you know, the zombie apocalypse <laughs> happened, I could totally survive. Uh, which which I, I'm grateful for. So, you know, there's a lot of things that comes that's with experience right. and a lot of lessons learned from, yeah, no, from kind of growing of up and I, growing up I there. Took, yeah. Um, that I'm so thankful about it is the fact that, that I'm so glad to, to be able to go through this whole 
not necessarily that I'm happy about it, but it's just the fact that kind of sort of like, you know, like I was explaining to you the other day, and it's kind of like, oh my God, I never clean my house twice in a day. And, and, and you know, and I I'm get to do specific things that <laughs> right. I haven't people had the chance to do so and kind of, um, kind of rearrange my mindset in regards of, have you gone through that? Kind of like, you know, I can do something more like doing podcasts now. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. I think it's been awesome. I think that I've enjoyed my family. My husband and I actually just adopted or in the process of adopting an 18 month old. And we just got her when this wow. all broke out. And, you know, I would have missed that time with her. Now I have her all day and I can, I can learn and we can bond together. And, but I would have missed that had this not have happened. Right. She would have been in a daycare and I would have been doing my thing working. And so, you know, that's like precious moments that I'll never get back. And same thing with, you know, both yeah. my husband and I, we work at the same, in the same area, but you know, it's nice to have, you know, home cooked meals with the family. It's nice to have things and time yeah, to that, do stuff that I, I wouldn't really I put I'm on the back so, burner. I'm so thankful for the fact that I'll be able to spend more quality time with my kids and more than ever than, you know, as, as far as being a teacher <laughs> and be able to kind of like go over. There's a huge difference being a teacher yeah. and being a coach. So there's a huge difference. Um, and, and I was telling my I was telling my wife, I, I don't know how do you do it because my, my wife is a school teacher herself. And, and you know, and and it's it's um it's wor- very wow. worth it. The fact that I'll be able to do specific things w- with the boys, and and now more than ever, look forward to you know changing a few things. You know, I love doing the podcast. Love to be able to talk to people and be able to connect with so many people out there that are you know making changes. I'm, I'm glad that I had the chance to be able to talk to you the last time on on Instagram because it kind of gives me an idea that everybody else trying to figure it out things out as we go through this whole you know um pandemic and and looking forward to just get back to things to be normal kind of sort of way right um uh, yeah you find yourself now more than ever kind of like going back to normal (laughs) yeah i mean things are it's weird to think about you know we've been out of work for almost two months and you know, we've homeschooled our oldest and that's been a whole nother uh, challenge, but it is kind of weird to think about going back to the busyness of life. And um, it is, it's different. And I, you know, there's a lot of people that are actually scared of it. I, I saw on my Instagram the other day, this girl on Instagram live, was just talking about how nervous she is to get back into the, the normal yeah. flow, because this is technically our new routine, right? And this is the new normal. And so just like we were all kind of taken uh, aback when we had to start quarantining and then how that became a new routine, I think we're all going to have to build on that and get once we get back to work and once we get back to kind of the, our second new normal, I think it's going to be another culture shock for a lot of people um, just in that area because a lot of people have really gotten used to the, the work at home life. And, you know, some people are not going back to a job at all. Um, which, you know, I'm, I'm, we're so blessed as a family that we haven't really been financially impacted or um, our jobs haven't been implicated. But a lot of people, yeah. you know, they're they're never going to go and, back. And to that's one of the things that and I, that, I, and that's and that difficult. concerns me because at the end of the day, you know, quite a few people that I know, they have businesses, they have been impacted by and they have to close the doors because of the fact of they couldn't keep up with the with the rent. They couldn't keep up with the with the payments of, you know, whatever the case may be that they would have to deal with, they couldn't do it. And that impacted to, for them to close the doors. Um, do you think that this is, it has become in, in regards of it, and I'm pretty sure that, you know, I'm not trying not to 
to kind of say that this is this is not a contagious virus. I'm not saying that. What I'm trying to say is that do you feel that that the numbers in regards of the people has they have died from the coronavirus has influenced because the the information is getting out there and you know more than ever I'm a I'm a person that is going to worry yeah. about the person next to me and I'm going to say hey listen you know what I think it's time for me to step out right and you know and through this is we going through this but at the same time do you think the in I'm not trying to get into politics in here but do you feel that they have inflamed the numbers because oh 100% <laughs> yeah you know it's it is and another thing that just absolutely kills me is we we already talked about the media a little bit but like you know the more and more we find out about it the more we learn that it mm-hmm. it isn't quite as deadly as they were initially predicting and it doesn't necessarily spread yeah. as quickly and it's actually killed by uv you know so there's a yeah. lot of things that i think are left out and um i think the media can sometimes really um really uh play on people's fear and they i think they use a lot of fear tactics and so yeah you know and i think yeah. that i think we got to return to normal you know sooner rather than later yeah. and obviously my condolences go out to those that have suffered a loss from this and i have a lot of nurses and doctor friends um that are fighting the coronavirus but at the same time you know we have of to course, we yeah. have to figure out well, yeah, of course, we can't because, stay like you know, this forever that, i guess is know, what and, i'm trying and, to say and we had the freedom to be able to speak up our minds i think that the the, the main idea because you know and for me this platform is a way to be able to say hey, you know i think that that because to me concerning as far as you know being out there and i go to the store <laughs> and i see people you know touching everything and you go in the same aisle and you're touching the same stuff they were touching so it it doesn't make no sense to me but it, you know you know all the stuff are you know the, as far as food stores are open uh, you know the Home Depot is open and they have people you know walking around with a mask but you know they're not wearing a you know even wearing a gloves but at the end right. of the day I listen to a, to a nurse and says well listen even if you wear a glove you're you're more than chance that you're going to you know pass some stuff um to somebody else but but I think that that, that we yep. have the freedom to be able to speak our minds and be able to say what we need to say do you feel that because I was for, for what I hear and and what i'm seeing right now is that all people are being censored uh they're being censoring a lot of people in regards to what they need to say um and and i just want to have you take you personally as far as you know what you think about that yeah i think that it's scary i think that it's big i think that you know i've seen a couple people already have like twitter accounts disabled same thing on instagram Um and I think that that's scary. I think that we live in a time that it we really need to pay attention yeah. because you know that's almost like burning books if you think about it. It's just a modern day version and I do see a lot of censoring and I do see a lot of bias. Um and and that that concerns me just as a state you know of this country is like okay, well what's happening that we are you know no longer hearing both sides of things and especially on the health platform I've seen a lot of um interesting people you know taking down accounts that are just given simple practical health advice you know get in the sun eat correctly you know have good gut health to maintain yeah. immunity and things like that yes. well why would somebody ever take that down and but it's happening exactly. and that's, I think that, that is that does make me nervous somebody is um, saying, listen, you know i think that 
by you, you know, obviously exercising, take your vitamin D, um, you know, <laughs> maybe take a cold shower. <laughs> But at the end of the day, this recommendation is we suggesting people to do some specific, very simple things that I don't think is harming anybody and um, having our opinion. Being here, you know, hear from you know other people to actually you know make their mind and say, okay, you know that's 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 not so bad, but you know, and what I noticed is that that's what they are trying to do is like, hey, you know, we have the right to be able to say what we need to say, and just like a yeah. youth has the right to be able to say what you need to say, but um, that's what I what I think that that I feel that's happening right now, and as I'm connecting, as I'm connecting with you. I, I think that yeah, I'd be able to give you the right to say what you need to say as far as you know, a person, an individual who has gone through an awesome journey, and I think that you know we have a platform to be able to express ourselves. And- right, and you know, one thing that's kind of uh, what I take when people start getting censored and you know their their voice isn't heard is that they're not trusting the American mm-hmm. people to be able to navigate information. And that's what I don't like. Like, do not, don't take stuff away from me because I am, you know, a logical thinker. I'm able to um, discern what is right and what, you know, what's not. And I think that when you start censoring people, that just tells the, yeah. the crowd that they're not smart yeah, enough to just, figure that, that out. It's, you it's know? exactly, so, we have a choice, right? We have a thing, I think that as people, you and I, we have a choice to make, make our own mind. You know, and not being put up enough and a front out of something that we we necessarily like. You said we you're establishing fear, but at the same time, we need to talk about science and and what is available on for us and as individuals to be able to make our, our mind. And and now more than ever, obviously, you know, I think that everyone is 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 trying to put a little bit of a sort of like a normalcy of things and. And I'm, and I'm speaking out for the for those that are that can speak up for themselves, you know. And, and I think that um, having these open opening conversations and be able to say what we need to say, I think is is the most important. It's so healthy, be able to have these conversations. And and um, and I think that right. I don't know. I'm just like you have this fear of I don't know what's what's going to happen next month, this month, and what's going to happen the following months is, is questionable and so uh, do you think that pushing vaccines is is, is a way to to put up uh, the people in this country or in any other and all around the world uh, it's, it's, it's a good it's a, it's a way to, to to try to prevent something that necessarily is not good for us <laughs> Yeah, that that's a hard question. Um, and I'm not going to say I'm I'm 100% anti-vax because I'm not. But I am concerned that uh, a vaccine is readily, quickly yeah. made. In a, and, and I don't have enough knowledge on this topic to be able to have like a, you know, a, a huge scientific discussion. But I do know that I would be concerned myself with getting something like that Um that was made so quickly and you know i already have an autoimmune disease so my immunity is you know somewhat compromised so for me it would be a no but you know i'm not saying that somebody that uh, you know is at risk shouldn't it's a hard i don't think that people should be pushed and i definitely don't think think it should be made uh, a decision to make um i know as a parent and i think that the the war what we're seeing and what we're facing And in, in, in the weeks to go, 
because we still have quite a few more weeks on this whole lockdown. Um, and as they reopen the whole state and how they reopen all different states, I think that we are we're kind of sort of seeing this kind of sort of like uh, thing of 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 the testing and is it testing mandatory to go back to where we need to go back or is it vaccine is going to be mandatory? I don't I doubt it. Um, but if for for what I'm seeing and you know we're talking about censorship and we're talking about a little bit of you know what is good for us is it's sort of kind of sort of like questionable I, I think that I'm glad that I'm asking you this question to you because I think that it comes from somebody else who's, who's seeing it it's not just myself I don't I don't want just people to take my take I just want people to you know be able to see listen to somebody else uh, we are in the same right. state you know we're in the same state of Florida um, but I'm glad that I just asked you this question um, but at the same time I want to thank you so much for coming into the podcast and um, and where can people reach you at and Where's your website? Please go for it. Yeah, so I am mostly active on Instagram. So if you want to reach out to me on Instagram, my handle is at temple.dietitian. Um, I love to answer people's questions. So anybody out there that has any, you know, follow up questions or whatever, please feel free to uh, send me a message. And I also have a website. Um, it's Temple Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T-R-D.com. That's Temple Stewart, R-D.com. And so, yeah, thanks for having me, Eric. I had a great time chatting with you. It's so fun. It's so fun to me to find, uh, you know, people who are kind of on the same page and kind of promoting uh, the same things and really trying to help people. So I really appreciate you having Definitely. me. I'm and, very lucky. You know, I look forward to maybe doing something in the future. Have you on day on the Instagram live and uh, be able to kind of so like talk to you a little bit. And uh, <laughs> I'm just looking forward for for good things. Um, you know, once again, grateful and thankful for the for the for the opportunity. And at the same time, I just want to say that um, we look forward to help people out. And I think that you know, the more we speak out our minds to speak of the things that are helping us out I think it can help so many people out there well thank you so much um, again Temple and that's right guys, that's right. You guys the information available um, uh, do you have a Facebook too or is it just, just... Okay. yeah I'm on, I'm on Facebook um, but it's not a business page um, but if, if somebody's right, awesome. only on Facebook guys, feel um, free to message me there again, it's just uh, Temple Stewart this episode is available to you guys right now <laughs> and uh and once again temple thank you so much <laughs> bye-bye